Welcome to episode 37 of the Geek Life Podcast, Panamega.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, the Brian. In the immortal words of one of the greatest philosophers, scholars, and poets of our time, Vanilla Ice, word to your mother. <laughs> and Joe. Uh-huh. I no longer need to kick ass, but I remembered my bubblegum today. <laughs> yes! Uh, yay! Uh, <laughs> also with us today, we have the 8th Henry. Always a pleasure. Always. Always good to have you here. Are you in here now? I'm in here now. It's official. <laughs> uh, and admin? One does not have time for such affairs. <laughs> <laughs> and pink. Hey. All right. So the normal person in the group. <laughs> it's not funny. It wasn't funny. Last times was crazy. Was it last time with the one before it, that? It was a it was couple like, times ago. Hello, lady. Yeah. Yeah, it's like was deep like, manly voice. <laughs> Every time I was working on that, because I had to around that a little bit, it played over and over. Oh, and yeah. over a couple times. No, we were busting. Brian was crying. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Well, as we start almost every podcast, a little housekeeping. couple items on housekeeping this time. First and most excitingly, we are returning from our comics hiatus on April 1st. Yay! Yay! Yes, uh, definitely a a much-needed break for our comic contributors. We were back ready and fresh to continue kicking ass and taking names and drawing comics and writing comics and publishing comics and Mm. all that stuff. And chewing bubble. (laughs) And chewing bubble gum, yes. Don't forget the bubble gum. Also, uh, I actually was able to reach out and get a hold of Aram from Mandatory Roller Coaster. Hopefully we'll get Mandatory Roller Coaster up on the site soon. Uh, He's still very interested and excited on collaborating with us. He is a very busy man, and so hopefully we can get him up soon, but that is still happening. So We can tempt him with cake. We can tempt him with cake. We still have some. Yes, at the time of this recording, it is just two days away from JP's birthday. JP's old now. No, not no, yet. no, he's not. Not yet. He's I'm one year old. away from being old yeah, now. One more Shut year. up. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> anyway, just. You just, better sleep with just, one eye open. Uh, okay. Sleep with both eyes open, man. Thank you, has a razor. I'll hear you coming because you make the 30 year old noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, low, low. This is where I flip the table. We actually just. Uh, no, but yeah, so just to wrap that up Mandatory Roller Coaster is still coming to Pandamanga we're working out the details going through the contract stuff right now to make sure that everybody's intellectual properties are well taken care of and respected and protected and then once all the legal mumbo jumbo is taken care of we will start rocking out with some really good stuff and that's it for housekeeping let's move on to the Indie Spotlight what's on the Indie Spotlight this week Brian? this week on our Indie Spotlight we are talking about Zombie Boy by Mark Stokes Yes, very uh, exciting. Yes, it's been going on since, as a web strip, since 2010. Yeah. It's kind of existed in various different mediums since the 90s, I believe. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. As a matter of fact, here, let me read what uh, what he has up here on the dawn of Zombie Boy. <laughs> it's, uh, so Mark's if written here on his website talking a little bit about the origin of Zombie Boy, and he says that... Uh, he published his first Zombie Boy comic book in 1987, uh, at the tail end of the book. That yeah, makes sense yeah. Now. Whoa. Lots of things, right? So he published it back then, and uh, a couple subsequent releases along the years into the 90s. And he really, really enjoyed that and having his comic book in real life and uh, on the bookshelves. And it's uh, he's saying that there's really no thrill quite like that, which is cool, yeah. right? But it's interesting. He actually says on here that he always felt like doing comic strips instead of doing a full comic book was really confining and um he was concerned and nervous about that and that's one of the reasons why he never ended up doing it but he's actually found it to not be that way and uh, has really flourished a lot and it's it's a really fun comic it really is yeah surprise surprise i found it on twitter like i find all of the indie spotlights because twitter is a buzz with tweets i guess i don't know (laughs) tweets don't buzz but whatever no they they (laughs) They tweet they tweet (laughs) Zombie Boy is an 11-year-old, originally named Morgan, who had a little accident on a family vacation to Voodoo Island. This juvenile <laughs> loves spiders, poison, uh, and occasional acid baths. <laughs> so basically, Zombie Boy is just chilling out with all these different normal people, except for Beatrice, who's psychic, and Claustria, who yeah. is a witch, I guess. Mm-hmm. And no, Wiccan. Wiccan. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> gore is gore. Right, yes. But so there's quite quite a cast. It's very, very entertaining, super stylized, 
and some of the early stuff because I you know in trying to prepare for this we you know we try and look around and it's been going for a while so there is no real way oh, yeah. that we we're going to read it all right right away mm-hmm. but we were able to check out a bunch of the cool stuff and some of the early comics are freaking hilarious yes so if you go back to his site uh, you just hit first and you can find the first couple ones and it really just kind of gives you you fall into a nice smooth rhythm of <laughs> zombie boy being kind of almost normal, wanting the same sort of thing. It's, it's like a very Adams Family sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. sort of a vibe where it's like, you know, oh, I think the spiders taste so good, mm, you know, sort of stuff. I don't even know if that's one of the comics, but <laughs> that's what I mean is that it's like there's, they have this, he has the same sort of hopes, dreams, and desires as normal people, but they're just shifted to being like creepy Adams Family stuff, <laughs> you know? You know, instead of like wanting to take a nice shower, he wants an acid bath. The first, very first comic is really funny. He's talking to Duncan. And Duncan is just just a normal kid. And he says, Duncan, have you ever drank Cobra Venom? Duncan says, why, no. And then Zombie Boy says, jumped into a vat of scorpions? Duncan says, that sounds dangerous. Bronco rode a shark? Of course not. And then he sits down all frumpy, frustrated on the curb and says, life is wasted on the living. <laughs> <laughs> yes, here at where we record, I refer to it as the Panda Palace. Oh, yeah. We have a whiteboard that has quote of the day. Today's quote of the day is, life, life is, is wasted, wasted on, on the living. living. Zombie, Zombie boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this comic is just a bunch of fun. It's sort of this odd sense of humor with this sort of macabre jokes. And I don't know. I just thought it was really hilarious. Yes. So what did you guys think? Visually, it sort of matches the way, the way you're describing it, which is sort of like just candy-colored horror. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you said it was first published in the mid to, mid to late 80s because I was looking at that style, and that kind of drawing style that it has is totally what came out of that time of the yeah, decade, late definitely. 70s, early 80s, that those big cheeks and just those big round shapes. Yeah. I'd love to see what some of the original actual issues were like. I have a sneaking suspicion they were pretty different because the cover art looks real different. Yeah. Now, I know cover art can be really different than the inside art, oh, yeah. but it still would stand to reason that they're not these little super deformed, you know, two, three head high people. Yeah, not elementary school kids because on the cover art it looks like he's a giant buff superhero. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Never judge a comic by its cover. Well, That's very true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, Things it's can right. be quite it's different. cliche, but it's very true. because <laughs> <laughs> they buy a lot of those before they even get printed or before they're even assigned to the right book. True. True. <laughs> so what did you guys think of Zombie Boy? Yeah, you know, honestly, it's kind of like a creepy version of Family Circus. I was yeah. totally thinking that. <laughs> yes, yes. Even, even though Family Circus is already kind of creepy. <laughs> it's creepy because they have soulless creepy. stairs. Right. <laughs> it's very, you know... But um, sort of humor. Yes. And sometimes it's like, oh, really? <laughs> you did that joke with that. <laughs> but overall, it's you know, it's a cute cartoon. Definitely. There's a couple different strips that sort of set up a joke or start a saying of some kind where you can kind of anticipate where it's headed, and then it totally takes a left turn. One of the ones that had me laughing right out loud was Zombie Boy sitting in his chair, which of course has a skull print on it. <laughs> Why not? And he's, you know, reading a book and it says, uh, in, in type print, so clearly he's reading the book, says, if you love someone, set them free. And then the next panel says, if they don't come back, and then he closes the book and looks frustrated and says, then the juju wasn't strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it, se- it seems like after becoming a zombie on Voodoo Island, mm-hmm. he's picked up some voodoo of his own. Oh yeah, He's there's... constantly talking about... You know, having special berries that make you paralyzed or, you know, (laughs) you know, having some kind of a potion or something. There was one good one where he's in science class and teachers coming around looking at everybody is like, all right, Jenny, how's your frog coming along? All right, that's very nice. And how about you, zombie boy? And he's got it pinned down to a a pentagram with candles. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. It's like, huh, that's an interesting take on it. You know, Duncan, as I was staring at that last comic, looks an awful lot like the Vault Boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually true. was thinking he looked That's a bit more like Mitt Romney, but, <laughs> but, but I suppose there is that, too. They both seem quite dandy. See, the, the Vault Boy from the Fallen series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is iconic. Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. character. So good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, yeah. And on a whole, it's really, really entertaining, very, very fun comic. It's been going on for a long time, and it's a good, clean, consistent style. He's clearly found his artistic voice, oh, and yeah. 
Uh, it's just really, really good. Explains why the early issues are really polished, because usually they're kind of, you know, for yeah. webcomics are kind of rough, and then they yeah. get into it. Exactly, exactly. Really and that's not what it is at all here. And it, it actually makes a lot of sense looking at the Dawn of Zombie Boy section on the website, talking mm -hmm. about how he has, you know, a lot of experience all the way back into the 80s, releasing issues and things like that. It's clearly very, very polished. So, yeah, Mark Stokes, Zombie Boy. Very, very cool stuff. You can find Zombie Boy at zombieboycomic.com. Make sure to follow Mark on Twitter at Crash underscore Pow. It's a freaking awesome Twitter <laughs> handle. That's Crash right? with a K. Crash yeah. with a K. K-R-A-S-H underscore Pow. Very, very awesome. And then you also want to make sure to like their Facebook page, and you can just search Zombie Boy Comics on Facebook, and it'll come right up. Really good stuff. And, yeah, it's just a bunch of fun. I like that one a lot. That's really cool. Awesome. Next up, we're going to get into our subject today, which is scavenging after Z-Day. So, of course, this is the zombie episode of Geek Life Podcast. And so we, of course, have the A. Henry here to bestow us and share his epic amounts of zombie knowledge with us. I am a guiding light to my people. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry has put together uh, some really cool suggestions about scavenging. And scavenging seems to be an important part of, well, everything post-apocalyptic, right? And you've, you're going to have to be able to... Find new shit. <laughs> you know, the uh, what is it they say? They say three days to anarchy, right? The statistics are, I read somewhere, that if there's no longer shipping going on, there's no longer stock trucks coming to fill up your local grocery store, your local whatever, that they come at such a frequency just early in the morning and none of us really pay attention to it, but we would actually almost be completely empty shelved within about three days. Yeah, that's about right. Depending on the size of the town and the demand and what its local resources are. Especially if there's some kind of a panic, it oh, would God, probably yes. drain considerably faster. But at normal usage rates, about mm -hmm. three days, and almost everything that needs to be replaced regularly is gone. Yeah. The best frame of reference for that is read the book Alas Babylon. And although it's fairly old and it's about a nuclear holocaust, uh, the, the book is very poignant. And yeah. It, it explains some of the pitfalls and selecting the wrong kind of supplies when you have some, a heads up. I got you that for your birthday, you, didn't I? You did. Aww. And it was one of the best birthdays. Joe gives the best gifts. So what was the name of the book again? Alas, Babylon. By Paul Frank? I believe that is correct. Awesome. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, so Henry set aside, or put together, a excellent list. The top five tips for scavenging. Are you ready? Yes. Ready, set, go. Number one. Itinerary. Keep organized. It's important to maintain a routine direction. You don't want to just wander, meander into town and go, what, where shall I go today? You want to surgically precision aim your, what is the needs of so your like group. have a map, a map clear areas, more. mark them off. Thumbs, rope. Oil. Rope. Definitely rope. You always need you always got to need the rope. But what if you need a Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, it's important, even if you understand the layout of the town, sure. to not become, well, well, I can go over here and you can go over there and just we can all just kind of meet up, even if it's not a zombie apocalypse. You don't want to be splitting up or taking too long. You want to make a quick precision trip of this. You go, you handle your So you're suggesting a sort of surgical... Exactly. Avoid surgical the Scooby-Doo effects. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> just to be safe, let's play in a band. No, you don't. You don't do any of the extra stuff. You don't go running into the yakety sacks. You know, one door and avoid all the distractions. Yes. If you need to go get medical supplies, you hit a location known for having medical supplies, and that's it. Then you come back. If you need more things, you go back the next day. So don't get greedy. You don't get greedy. Don't get out there and be like, "Oh, I have some of this. I have some of that." And the next thing you know, chomp, chomp. Exactly. Right. You open yourself up for disaster. Okay. Good. So then, so you don't go, when you're going to go out scavenging, what I'm taking away from this is, when you're going to go out scavenging, you go out with a purpose, a plan, you go to one spot, you get what you need, you come back. Precisely. It's the same reason why you don't why just you wander don't... around and just pick up cool shit. Right. It's the same reason why you don't go shopping when you're hungry. Yes. You know, it's the same, same basic principle, although it's a bit more zombied than that. Definitely. Okay. All right. Number two, use sound lures. Beat out risks. So sound lures, as, a, as I may have mentioned before, are devices or could just be a person making a fair bit of noise from a secure location to sure. kind of draw out either human or obviously zombie attention 
to keep it away. It's like, hey, don't look over there. I'm over here. I'm doing something interesting and loud. Even animal. Uh, even animals. Yeah. You, you want them to be drawn away from where you're going. So misdirection. Misdirection is a big key element, especially if you're, obviously, let's, let's face it, areas that have the best stuff. Have the, the most contention. Ha, have the most contention. So you want to pull the attention away from that to give the group at least a fighting chance to get in and out. Right. So you're, you're not advocating going in guns blazing, geared up and ready to roll. That, no, because roll. that's a bad idea. Right. You're advocating using trickery. Right. I mean, it's because this is a scavenging run. It's not a taking back the block. You know, there are strategies for block by block taking over an entire city sure. and rooting out the problem. If you don't have the, the supplies or the people for it, this is the best option. It actually segues fairly well into the uh, the third point. Ah, and the third point is avoid clashes with zombies or the living. Yes. You want to avoid any kind of actual conflict with zombies or the living. So going into that same point that you had made before, you go out there with a purpose. And if your mm-hmm. purpose is take back this area that is occupied, then you're expecting to fight. You're going out there. You're ready to fight. You have a plan. But when you're going to scavenge, it's not about fighting. Right. It's not about battling for resources. It's, so would you suggest then, based on that perspective, that if you come across some place that is really busy with zombies or clearly has other people messing around in there, you just move on? Yeah, at the point where you see other humans, if it... Especially if you don't know that they're, if they're friendly or not, you just disengage. You it seems like humans are some of the most dangerous things in any kind of uh, a lawless are, situation. Humans are the worst of what humans have to deal with, and that's true. The admins grinning from ear to ear. What? They're also the most dangerous prey. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. This is true. Just, so, are you suggesting little human hunting for some fun in the apocalypse, admin? People Sometimes when you're bored and you know people are jerks, you try. no. But that's why you need that's why you need the field of rakes. That's what the <laughs> right? that is that a good is point. True. Yeah, if you know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the last zombie podcast. And we talked about traps, and Brian's traps all had a dual purpose. They were a really useful and effective most of the time, but b funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he's thinking, man, I don't have TV or radio. I'm just sitting around watching zombies wander around in my field. Let's make it funny. I know. Field of rakes. <laughs> it'll slow him down and it'll be hilarious. Yeah. And each one will go, uh. <laughs> you get all the rakes? So, so avoid, yeah, avoid clashes. So basically avoid a fight. Yes, if you can. Hmm. This is not to suggest that you should not go armed. You definitely want to be able to defend yourself but it's example. defend yourself, not it's attack. Defend yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's the priority is to get your stuff and leave, not make a uh, an entrenched presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many people, like especially nowadays, are going to have really more of a video game sort of sense yes. to their survival, yeah. and are just going to go in guns blazing. And when they can't shove a health health pack up their ass. They're not going to know what to do. Exactly. Oh, oh I don't nerves. get to start over. Where's my save point? F5, F5. Bleeding out the leg. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to respawn in 10? I'm bleeding. Eat an apple. <laughs> ah. Oh, fallout. Okay. All right. Number four. Secure exit before entry. Yes, this is part of why you don't engage in hostels or unknowns, is because if you need to, let's say you were to come across a handful of zombies, oh, f- there's more. Uh, get out. Get out. It's not worth holding this area. It's not worth a few pills just to go... Pills? Yeah, pills here. Pills. Pills may be here, but so is imminent death by zombies. Mm. Um, Actually, that's... I know you have issues with the movie, but that's one thing that was really subtle in Zombieland. Uh, yeah, he made a point of securing his exit. He yeah. said, oh, stop, wait a second, and he like set the door open with a little rock. Zombieland, without getting too deep into the rant, <laughs> Zombieland does a lot of good things for, for zombie survival jobs. That's it. We just need to do an article where we record you complaining about Zombieland. Yes, it, it, was, it was very entertaining. I liked the movie. It was very unique in that it brought a lot of different points to the table, points yeah. some people didn't think about. But then they had these glaring holes in it and I can't let it go because it's kind of my thing. Right, but at the same time I think that Joe makes a good point that in Zombieland the whole mechanic of rule number this, rule number that, like there are some really good insightful observations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I kind of want to do the next zombie podcast as 8th Henry Zombieland, your thoughts. That's the episode. <laughs> That's it. Just, I thought we were it. done with two hour podcast. <laughs> it can be a special. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, you edited it, Brian. It'll still be a two-parter. <laughs> okay, and finally, number five. 
carry enough supplies for twice as long as you plan on being out, and pack for five times your starting load. So explain. So basically, if you are going to be out for two, for one day and say, okay, I need to survive one day. and be, So you're you know, planning on a trip somewhere that's a half a day away. Half a day away. Or just you're going to stay there because it's too much of a hassle to get in and then get out right. in a timely fashion. Uh, you don't want to be stumbling around in the dark. So you, you plan all, you get all your gear together, you get all your food and your water. Well, what if something happens? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be starving on the second day. You make sure you have enough food so you don't panic when you're like, uh-oh, look at all those walkers over there. Or, uh-oh, look at that group of people who I don't know we're here, but they're kind of milling about. We don't want to just run for the freaking hills because we're going to be starving in, a, in another couple hours. Right. You plan, you just wait it out. If it gets worse than that, well, that's that's when you start improvising. But then again, you're already in the scavenge area anyway. That's one of the thing, the convenient things about scavenging, as long as you're not scavenging for something specific like medical supplies. If you're scavenging, in general, there's probably going to be food-ish stuff. Yeah. Snacks, canned foods, whatever, where you are. And so if you really get stuck, yeah, you're cutting into what you're bringing back. But, you know, eat it, throw it away, and put more in. I mean, there's probably going to be more where you're scavenging from than what you'll be able to fit in your bags. Right. And that's why... We come to the next part of that is that you bring more empty packs, possibly you know, to the equivalent of if you emptied your supplies to your location and you're fed and rested and well, well ready to go, you have five times as much gear to bring back. That makes it an economical trip because if you just have double, you're just kind of chopping back and forth. You want to have a little bit extra. You want to come out just a hair ahead than you were when you left because obviously expeditions out take resources from the pool. You need to put them back with interest. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't. It's not an economical trip, and you can't justify it unless it's an emergency. Oh, so and so needs their insulin. You know, damn well, diabetics. I don't mean to pick on the diabetics, but they, <laughs> that, that was just the first one that came to mind. We're moving the fish. We need to get the fish stress drops done. Shit, that guy. Worst, uh, worst zombie pet ever. Goldfish. They do nothing. Goldfish. Awful. <laughs> awful. When we come back from the break, we're going to get into the best and worst scavenging locations. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. reading a book and thought to yourself, F*** this, I should be listening to this book. <laughs> well, you can do just that. <laughs> they're called audiobooks and they're awesome. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. Pretty yeah. sweet. Yes. Geek Life has partnered with Audible to give you guys a free audiobook download and a free one-month trial of their excellent service. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash geek life for your free audiobook. Admin's been a member of Audible for a long time. Has a really uh, epic list. I of have books. free pages. Yes. Ooh. So she she is an excellent resource to check out really good books. So this week, Admin has come up with an interesting book to recommend to you guys. Admin, take it away. Why, thank you, JP. Indeed, I do have an excellent selection for everybody today. <laughs> no, but actually, this is a legitimately awesome selection. So it's called The Nerdist Way: How to Reach the Next Level in Real Life. And it is by Chris Hardwick, which may be a familiar name to some of you who are old enough to remember the 90s. <laughs> you know, now he was on Attack of the Show and also did, what's the thing that Daniel Tosh does on the, on Oh, the soup. Yeah. Web soup. Web soup. Yeah, that's right. Actually, he talks about that. So, yeah, Chris Hardwick <laughs> is kind of, how the best to describe him, kind of an in and out Person on the TV scene. Yeah, yes. kind of the famous for being famous. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. But as you would find out once you read the book, he's actually a really awesome guy. So don't just write him off for, oh, he's famous for the sake of being famous. Mm-hmm. The really cool thing about this book is that in addition to writing it, he actually narrated the audiobook. And there's actually <laughs> nice. stuff in the audiobook that isn't in 
the regular book because he'd mess up and just kind of rap about it. <laughs> Not like literally like, yo, my name's Chris Hardwick and I messed up on this book. No, but like he's just he, rapping as my kryptonite. He No, he actually would talk about stuff that isn't actually in the hard copy of the book just because it's the audiobook version. Nice. Huh. Yeah, it, it's actually really cool. So let's actually talk about what this book is about before I start talking about why I like it. And so also, how do you reach the next level in real life? So, basically, what this book is about is um, how to handle kind of reaching a plateau in your life where you don't really know what direction to go. It's something that nerds tend to deal with a lot. And so, Chris himself had kind of reached this point where he was just kind of existing and not in a very good way. And he wanted to turn his life around and actually do something. And this and book. So, he started singled out? I said. Doing something good with his life. Okay. Oh, okay. So this was after. <laughs> this was after. Oh. This book was actually published in 2011, so it was pretty recent. As oh. a matter of fact, I downloaded it at the end of 2011, so oh. pretty pretty recent when the first oh, time so I read I'm it. Um, so basically, this is more or less a journal of all the things that Chris did in order to get his life back together and how to what. That was super I had to distracting. My nose. That was crazy distracting. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're like staring at me in the eyes, just like, hey, what's up? It looks like you're giving her a signal. <laughs> like the signal to begin the initiative. Why is your nose so flexible? It's really weird. Wait, is, that is that weird? Is that a thing? No. Ow. No. <laughs> See? So what this book is basically about is kind of um, a retrospective journal of what Chris did in order to get his life back together and his advice to people who really want to move up and become part of the rest of the world. And actually his little blurb at the very beginning says it quite well, so I will just read that. Nerds, once a tormented subrace of humans, now captains of industry. <laughs> you don't have to be a stereotypical geekwad to appreciate the tenets of nerdism and to make your innate talents for over-analysis and hyper-self-awareness work for you instead of against you. Join Newt... Nude? Nude superstar. <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Chris Join Hardwick. <laughs> Join nerd superstar Chris Hardwick as he offers his fellow creative obsessives the crucial information needed to come out on top in the current nerd uprising. So it's full of just a bunch of really interesting advice. Everything from how to get your financial house in order if you kind of in some state of depression maybe spent more than you were supposed to and racked up some credit card bills to how Merch. Merch. <clears throat> really? Yes, it happens with nerds. It's a thing. Oh, I thought you were I wasn't talking me. about you. Because I'm just <laughs> leaning over here looking at this nice big TV that that's, is... That's, that was not me. Oh. 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 Moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, merch or really fancy drinks because, you know, you're sad at Applebee's. Cons. Cons. Cons yes. is a big one. There's one click on to just drain your wallet and bank account as a nerd. Yeah, one click on mm -hmm. Amazon. That's a big... Oh, big one click is evil. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's why I teach every one of my little nieces and nephews one click. Yeah. Oh, man, you're you <laughs> are able to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've never let my kids meet you. Smart move. So Chris talks about how to deal with stress, how to deal with money, even how to deal with getting back into shape. He unfortunately does go through how to dis uh, how to do various exercises in the audiobook, which is something that I wish he uh, had left out. Because literally there's a chapter that is entirely squats. Repeat this ten times. Stand with your feet shoulder width apart. Squeeze and kneel down at the knees. Oh, Hold for two seconds. He, he doesn't actually do them and is grunting. And no, that would actually make it okay. That he should make a recommendation to him. That, that, would, that would boost his sales. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> no, aside from that one chapter, everything else is really great. I actually took a lot of his advice. For example, he suggests create a rival for yourself. That way you could have an arch nemesis to work against in order to better yourself. Now, he suggests not making it actually a real person. So, yeah, I mostly followed his advice. But anyway, the point of the matter is, is that he gives some really awesome advice that I think most people in our audience can associate with. And it's just really damn funny to listen to him because being able to hear the author read his own words, you, you kind of get a lot more feeling than you would if somebody who wasn't involved in the creation would just come in and read it, you know, yeah. especially in a book that's not a, uh, a fictional book where, you know, you're not going to be acting in a character. There's not going to be like some old guy that's going to walk in and just pretend to be Chris. That'd be strange. <laughs> so it's really great that he's the one who reads his own book. I think it gives That's it a lot rare, more power. Yeah. yeah, it is. Would it have been better if it was Morgan Freeman? 
that read the book? Well, then you just fall asleep. Well, Morgan Freeman has that that interesting. Actually, voice. you know what? I take it back. If Morgan Freeman did this book, then I would love to hear him do the the, the workout chapter. <laughs> Stand with your legs shoulder width apart. <laughs> Bend at the knees. At the knees. And breathe. That would be great. No, but if you're if you're feeling kind of lost in life, or that you could possibly be doing something better in order to make your whole world flow a little bit better or be able to handle your money more. One thing or another, any problems that you have in the nerd universe, you could probably find at least some kind of answer to in the nerdist way. And there's also a really awesome website associated with this. So he talks about worksheets and stuff in the book and you could actually find them there. And it's just, if you Google nerdist way, it's right there. And it's just this whole support site and it's really awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely recommend it. If this seems like something that might be up your alley, it probably definitely is. So go over to Audible and check it out. Yeah, so if you want to check out The Nerdist Way for free, go to audibletrial.com forward slash geeklife and check out your free audiobook download. Let's move back into our zombie segment. So finishing up the best and worst places to scavenge after Z-Day, why don't we start with Brian, your best place. I thought about saying a home improvement store so you could get a whole bunch of rakes, but... (laughs) I'm going to go with either a sporting good or an outdoor supply store, if you can find them. They're going to have a wide variety of things that you can use for survival. You can find hiking packs, try and get an internal frame, that's just my recommendation. You can get bats for smacking people with, you know, Leatherman supply, like the multi-purpose tools, they'll have some emergency foods and that sort of things. It's just a good place to find a lot of good things that you'll need for survival. Joe? Your best place. Now, I think I've mentioned this one before, but uh, something I think is going to be totally overlooked by other survivors, gas station. You know, it's going to work. Exactly. It's going to have a lot of high-end preservative foods, a lot of really small, basic medical supplies. Sure. If they have a service station, it's going to have spare parts, tools. You're going to find at least a, a crowbar in there. And gas. And gas. If you can find a way to pump it. If you, Yeah, well... Way to be a buzzkill. <laughs> Pull the tank, siphon it. Just dig it up with the backhoe you brought. Damn straight. That's the way. Yeah. Everybody has a backhoe in C-Day. <laughs> if you plan right. Yeah. Henry, your best place. My best place, actually, is the home improvement store. Mostly because you're thinking long haul. Especially like a Home Depot. A lot of those are big enough that... In themselves, they, if you can secure one, it can easily become a fortress. has all the tools and raw materials you need to reinforce it. Obviously, they all have gardening centers. Nothing is quite as comforting as knowing that within a few months, you can easily be growing your own supplies. That's true. Um, but aside from that, you know, there's... And they have plenty of rakes. They, they do have plenty yeah, of rakes. That's kind of almost getting into compounding. Well, it, it's a matter of if you can't secure it, mm. you want to be able to have access to it. It has seeds, tools. You don't want to be digging around through, oh, I think that car over there might have something in it that I could use. Right. Or it could have a zombie in it. Right. Or, mm-hmm. God forbid, a trap. Some sort of explosive, rigged explosive. Someone who didn't want to share. Or a rake. Or, or a, a rake. rake. <laughs> could also have a rake in it. That would be hilarious. Uh. <laughs> and deadly. Yeah. Hilarious and deadly. Just how we do it. But Brian's field rakes. Yes. <laughs> but that, that's that's my vote. Okay. Admin. I've got kind of a random one, but I think it'll all work out pretty well. A soup kitchen. Oh, interesting. Huh. Huh. Nobody ever thinks of soup kitchens because you associate soup kitchens with homeless people. What do you associate with homeless people? Zombies. So you're going to be... Well, <laughs> sure, homeless people, zombies, six oh, and one, half a dozen of the other, you know. Well, the people out on the street are going to be the first ones infected. Yeah, right. probably. So... Nobody's going to be there to man the soup kitchen, and because nobody thinks... So those douchebags on segways are going to be segwaying around to zombies, that's what you're saying? Yeah, probably. Because they can't get off. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so at your soup kitchen. So nobody's going to think to go to the soup kitchen, because nobody associates the soup kitchen with anything useful unless you've been in that kind of situation. But in a soup kitchen, you have a lot of basic canned goods, food supplies, and, very important for large groups... Large cooking utensils, uh, yeah. big mm. pots, stirs, that sort of thing. Nice. Depending on the place, you might be able to find propane tanks and at the very least a lot of metal scraps that can be repurposed for other things. Yeah. Well, my favorite place would be 
I think, a country store. And the reason why I say that is that a country store is, first of all, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be less people, less populated, less likely to run into some trouble. If you do run into trouble, it's not going to be, you know, you might rouse the couple of zombies that are in the vicinity, but it's not going to be like going to the the corner market in downtown San Francisco where there's zombies freaking everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And also the country store, because it's out in the country, it knows that it can actually get away with selling uh, quite a wide range of things. You're going to, like you said, at the at the, the gas, gas station, right? Yeah. You're going to have uh, a lot of food that's going to last a long time. You're going to have cooking supplies. You're going to have medical supplies. You're going to have all that sort of stuff. And so yeah, there's going to be a pretty wide range in a little country store. I think that it may be something that could be overlooked because it's not sort of your first go-to. I mean, obviously, something like a supermarket sounds like a great idea, but I think supermarkets are going to be picked clean. Oh, absolutely. You know, but if you go out kind of into the middle of nowhere to your neighborhood country store, you might actually get away with, with a lot of stuff that people didn't strip clean yet because it's not the first stop. You know, everybody's going to go to Walmart. Everybody's going to go to Target. Everybody's going to go to Home Depot, all even, that sort of stuff. Even if you go, the trouble with the big department stores is even if you go early on, chances are power will be short. And you ever been in one of those at night? <laughs> or, or even just imagine... Have you ever been kind of in an apartment store of any kind near Christmas where people are rabid to get things? It's yeah. damn dangerous. There's a lot Now of think bad. about zombies eating your face outside and people crazy to try and get food. Man, that thin veil of civility just disappears. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Who is the real green-eyed monster? Exactly. Not I. Pinku. Your wow. best place to scavenge. Speaking about the thin veil of civility, I was thinking elderly trailer parks because they tend to hoard canned goods and perishables a lot oh. because they can't go out much and they can't yeah. outrun me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. Nice. That's good. That's yeah. good. Definitely. Now, the question is, do old people zombies move slower than, than young people zombies or is it just kind of a wash? No, because you know, it's like... It's like running into a zombie that's in advanced stages of decomposition, but they've pre-decomposed. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you turn into a zombie and you're so so say say, you know, there's a little old lady and she's got, you know, arthritis and you know, hip replacement or something like that. Turns into zombie, whoosh, pain gone. But it's not now about pain. Time. It's about, you know, muscle degeneration, yeah, that's true, that's true. bone loss. It's Especially old lady zombies. I wouldn't be worried. Go down the steps, they fall down, break a hip, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they would suffer a lot more from a calcium deficiency. Mm, that's true. Right and off the bat. I'm sorry. If their people. dentures fall out, then you don't even have to really worry so, about the bites. But it would zombie. feel really weird. It, it, it's, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. What was that movie? They're never the, going to hear this podcast. To, to, what was that? Tokyo something? Oh, Tokyo Tokyo, 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 no, 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 no. Tokyo, Tokyo zombie. zombie. Tokyo zombie. And it was Somebody gets best. bit by a don't zombie. Don't spoil it. Just watch. go watch it. Watch it's hilarious. Hilarious. The very, best. very hilarious. Only real men go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, so let's get back around to Brian. What do you think the worst place to go scavenge would be? Worst place. Worst place. Hmm. Health and beauty salon. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's nothing really worthwhile to grab. I mean, sure, my hair can be silky smooth, but what good is that in a zombie apocalypse? And usually those things are in strip malls anyways, or in a downtown or a more populated area. So you're going to have to fight through a bunch of zombies to get shampoo and conditioner, I guess. Um, maybe something to make your face exfoliate your face. So I can't think of anything good. Go, go scavenging places where there's nothing good to scavenge? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> You'd encounter some really beautiful zombies there. Though. I, I, yes, so you would. Lovely zombies, yes. Mm. Joe. Sex shop. Oh. <laughs> So you could find the edible underwear, the edible lube, and maybe a couple of interesting weapons. Yeah, I was going to say, damn, find weapons. (laughs) But really, there's going to be a lot of junk there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff that you're not going to need, that's not going to serve any purpose. It's just going to f*** you over. (laughs) (laughs) And any other survivors you would encounter in a place like that? Are survivors you don't want to encounter? <laughs> that's their that's their domain. It, really, in fact, you don't want to encounter most of the people that are in there anyway. Mm. But uh, especially after they 
bit gotten their junk bit off by a zombie that are trying to screw. Oh wow! Uh, Joe has special experience. He's not. He's not just being mean about people that go into those shops. No. He used I've to had work to in one. Throw them out of those shops. <laughs> I'm not only against zombie sex shops. <laughs> I worked in one. <laughs> okay, Henry. The oh. the absolute worst place to go. Well, I, I put some thought into this, and it would have to be a clown college. <laughs> just because clown zombies would be so awful. Well, I'm not. I don't have any fear of clowns, and I only have a, yet. I, I only have a concern about zombies. You know, hence, hence the uh, the fascination and the the survival gear and all that. But really, there's really what, okay. A rainbow colored wig and a squeaky nose, uh, possibly a flower that shoots water. What what? What are the positives with cream from this? Whipped cream pies. I could have an entire <laughs> a uh, car that you could fit an army of people in. Yes, that runs on a windup. I'm. I'm still. <laughs> I, I see those two as being positives. You can, I you still can, see waiting through all terrain unicycles just just take off. I, I see the, the idea of waiting so through wait, yeah, <laughs> wait, waiting through a uh, an entire horde of clown zombies. Just to get to those things. I think that there's a clown phobia hidden in there somewhere, man. <laughs> I it's, clowns aren't funny, and and they're, and they're they're extra awful when they're zombies. Yes, they, they stop they they stop just not being funny, and they start being annoying when when they're when they're zombies. You don't think that it'd be hilarious to hit them in the nose and have the nose squeak, or or have those 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 crazy shoes where you you knock it down and it just rolls right back up, <laughs> like like one of those, one of those, those a zombie clowns. weeble yeah. wobble. Oh yeah. Jesus. That, well, that would they could be hilarious. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Clown College is it's just the, the worst. Followed shortly by Barber College, <laughs> but that kind of te- you know, stomps on the toes of the brine. So okay, okay, all right. Admin, worst place to scavenge a major city's farmers market. <laughs> yeah, it's all rotten and nasty. Yeah, and you have like snooty zombies. Yeah, mm-hmm. snooty zombies and their weird pets. So like a zombie <laughs> parrot. Because I have never been to a farmer's market where there wasn't some skeevy looking dude with a parrot on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. What is that about? I don't know. Ask the guys with the iguanas because they're weird too. And also there. Yes, <laughs> but you know, zombies ask, asking, are these brains organic? Yeah. No. See or the main problem. The main problem, especially when you're in a city, is the thought of oh i gotta get some fresh food and if you're in the city long enough you can get a little derpy and think oh where do i get fresh food i'll go to the farmer's market (laughs) so one obviously the shelf life of the produce at a farmer's market is very very short and two it is out in the open all farmer's markets usually are in the center of a street out in the middle of a city just prime territory for zombie hordes and yeah, the thing you're going to encounter most are going to be hippie zombies, hipster zombies, you know, weirdo zombies. Hipster zombies were zombies first. They were zombies before it was cool to be zombies. Are you saying that Patient Zero was a hipster? I'm saying it's more than slightly plausible. <laughs> the last drink he ever drank was a Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't meant to be funny. That was a statement of fact. I hate those stupid beers. So awful. I hate hipsters. I just remember one time one of my former roommates bought that because he just wanted a drink and he only had a couple bucks on him. I'm like, dude, don't do that. That's Pabst Blue Ribbon. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, it's... Taste it, you'll yeah. find out. And he drinks it and he's like, this tastes like freshman year of college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Well, let's see. My worst place to go scavenging, I would say, and this is probably going to surprise you guys, I would say Army Surplus Store. And here's why. Because whoever runs the armor surplus store is going to shoot you in the <laughs> fucking face. Yeah. These are the, Guaranteed, that's yeah. the one guy yeah, who's going to be survived. ready. Yeah. He's going to bunker down, he and survived. you're coming to steal you his also, shit, and he's like, uh-uh. turn around, kabang, bang, bang. But, but you also have to like, understand that's gonna be really well there's defended. some crazy cool things in some army surplus stores, but you'll also have a lot of army surplus stores where you'll find just a lot of, like, Ben Davis, like, Work clothes. They're just filled with clothes and boots and stuff like that. You're gonna find a lot of like paintball helmets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You won't find the greatest of supplies in a lot of them for survival. Yeah. But, so unless you want to paintball zombies to death and potentially no, that's get an option. Sh- <laughs> I would I would suggest possibly going in under the flag of parlay and addressing this person and possibly inviting them to your compound. Because these are my people. <laughs> they are the people that survive. That's what I mean, though. You don't want to go in there and just you, take things. You always approach 
these kinds of you areas. start with the cautiously. white flag. Yep. Say, hey, you know, Survivor, I'm just checking you out. If anyone's here, well, we can be buddies. And mm-hmm. what his response would trade. be, would he slowly hold up the shotgun and say, I refuse to acquiesce to your request. <laughs> Boom. And that's and that's why you carry shields and other and other types. That's why you have a force field. That's no, not a force field. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no. but the shield. Well, right how, shield. How else are you going to stop a uh, scatter gun? Not encounter it. No, that's you, what I'm advocating. That, that's, Don't that's put yourself in front of the crazy army surplus. Yeah, was, what was it? Wasn't that rule number four? Is was what? Yeah. Don't uh, go looking for the trouble. No, no, that's if you're scavenging. Because the trouble. We are scavenging, yeah. son of a bitch. We, we're scavenging. <laughs> I'm talking. You just I'm, you just got sidetracked because I said armor surplus and your eyes glazed and, over and, and you got I, a big Woody. I, I, really, <laughs> I, I moved on to, uh, to, to compounding mode and and that meant uh, building alliances. Mm. So mm. okay, sorry. I segued back, back to <laughs> back to the point. Back I mean, to scavenging. Back at the point. Pinku, you what do you think would be the worst place to scavenge? I'm trying to remember now. I was thinking art school, just because there's so many <laughs> big bright windows, and and also artists aren't notorious for eating. You, uh, might, yeah. you might get some cutting implements about an inch long, <laughs> unless you want to haul around a paper cutter, but. Otherwise, oh, that would actually be a pretty good weapon. Oh, sure. If you had to walk around with yeah. your arms, just pulling no. this thing open, no, you, you rip the thing off. The, uh, yeah, you could unscrew it if you could manage to, I suppose. No, it's that'd be a good one. It'd be like a sling blade, like in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and meanwhile, you still have zombies still like abstract expressionist painting while while there. <laughs> I'm just thinking hmm. about JP scavenging at the school that I teach at, and on the first floor we have a cage, and there are like. Probably about a hundred Wacom tablets in there, and he'd just be like running through a field, like, oh! and then there's no electricity, and then he cries. Yeah, that's true. A lot of a lot, especially nowadays when things are going more and more digital, an art college would probably be full of a lot of useless electronic stuff. But stuff that you're still lusting but after. Stuff that I still want. You could. I sit on a giant pile of just useless you Wacom you tablets. Can make, <laughs> and you could make yourself plate too. armor out of the Wacom tablets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome. And you could draw armor on it. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could possibly get plywood if you're in like a fine arts wing where they build their own canvases. But uh, True. Otherwise, not so great. Well, anyone else have anything to say about scavenging? Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Good luck. Good luck. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 37 of the Geek Life Podcast, Zombies. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by Airplus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured in this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about Airplus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is the Brian, and we'll see you next week. Yay! Yay! Good night, folks.
Now, Admin has been reading, or Admin has been a member of Auto. Oh my god. <laughs> it's distracting, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Batman. Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> just reading that today. Okay. Sailor Moon, not Batman. Tomorrow. I was like, what kind of weird crossover have you been reading? I'm reading the girl. Sailor Power. In the name of my Moon mom, I will punish you. Power. I shall punish you. Oh my god. Okay. Say Shadowon Spray. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Shabba spray. <laughs> no, 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 Oh, boy, okay. okay, all right, ready? I'm glad we're recording this. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. We're <laughs> <laughs> recording it. Oh, the best. Hold on, hold on. Lovely bunch of coconuts. Come on. What? <laughs> I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess up the bad It's wrong, it's wrong, sorry. I just was thinking Batgirl and then it's done. My bad tits. (laughs) Okay, alright. His tits are kind of small. Bigger. Because he's muscular. But he's Batman. Bigger. Bigger That's right, he wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. Batman doesn't play games with tits. I really wish Justin said that. I, I I don't know if I can make myself. All right, okay, <laughs> okay, let's. let's whoa! Oh. All right, ready? Snap! Okay, I don't think I'll ever be ready. <laughs> no, you don't understand. What's happening? Um, sorry, I was just fixing it. <laughs> you guys should probably just keep going. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck! Holy shit! Okay, now I can see it. Oh, God. It's so saggy. Bat teeth. Ah. Teeth. Okay, thanks. All right. I can see him, like, rescuing a citizen and, like, loving nature. You know, mother. You look thirsty. Dude, I think I, these tangents could be their I, own damn podcast. Episode 38. I Does he get the bro or the man's ear? <laughs> Neither. Batman's wow. natural. <laughs> He's just, okay. <laughs> Batman goes custom. 